You're listening to the System Saving Podcast, episode number 228. Today, we're going to be talking about how to wake up every single day to relevant podcast guesting opportunities from your virtual assistant. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Jordan, and my business love language is efficiency, because who doesn't want to sip pina coladas on the beach while your business runs on autopilot? We're here to help overworked one-woman shows become streamlined solopreneurs. And now with over 150,000 downloads, this is the System Save Me podcast. Hey, hey, y'all. I'm so excited to nerd out with this guest with you guys because I am such a fan of hiring and outsourcing and he makes it so, so easy as someone who has literally bought his program and his into his playbooks, which we'll kind of mention throughout. I have specific experience with using what we're going to talk about today, which is super, super exciting and honestly a rarity for <laughs> having podcast guests on. So I just wanted to mention that as someone who has experienced his product and experienced his business, and I'm just so freaking thrilled to have him on the podcast. So Nathan, how are you doing today? I am doing great, Jordan. How are you? I can't complain. I'm doing pretty dang well. So go ahead and tell the listeners a little bit about you and your business. Yeah. So going back a a while, I mean, I was a a big Amazon seller. I started an Amazon business out of my college dorm room. And as I was scaling that business, I had to start hiring people. And I turned to college kids at first who proved to quickly be unreliable. So a buddy of mine introduced me to the remote hiring world, the Upworks, the Fivers, and hired my first and second and third VA, learned a ton about what not to do when hiring virtual assistants, and eventually came up with really good hiring, managing, onboarding, and training processes. But at the same time, I didn't love those platforms. It just took too long to post a job, get 100 applicants, interview them one by one. So I came up with this idea to launch my own marketplace called FreeUp, that pre-vetted VAs before we even let them on the platform and matched them up quickly. And we started free up with a $5,000 investment and we scaled that business one without any office, without any U S employees, just 35 VAs in the Philippines and two without spending any money on ads. We grew it completely organically from that $5,000 investment to eight figures by year four And we were acquired by one of our clients at the end of last year, which was kind of cool. And once we sold this eight-figure business that was completely run by VAs, people started reaching out and asking us if we could teach them our systems, our processes. And that's when we had this idea to come up with my new venture, Outsource School. And really, it's a combination of systems, formulas, playbooks that you can plug into your business quickly, along with our brand new Simply SOP building software to build easy, dynamic operating procedures that you can easily update over time and share with your team. And I'm a firm believer that a combination of hiring good people and having good systems is what actually helps you scale your business and eventually sell your business. So that's a lot of what I teach it and preach today. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. When you hit the sweet spot, if you've got a good system and good people and you know, even with this podcast, I've been doing this podcast for a little over, I guess, yeah, four years. Exactly. in this month, <laughs> I just realized. And again, I've always done batching, but every time we do it, it gets more and more streamlined and it's been pretty much the same process the, the entire time. And so I 
preach this obviously with having System Save Me as my podcast and my business name. And so I'm really excited to dive into this. So before we get into all the steps and whatnot around what we're going to talk about, I want to touch on really you know, what do your customers or clients, what does their business look like before they really know how they're going to start pitching themselves on guest podcasts? And why is it that they haven't been able to either do it consistently or do it at all? (laughs) (laughs) So I think the the reason that people are not going on podcasts, because there's a lot of great entrepreneurs out there or entrepreneurs that have accomplished something that, or can teach something that would be a great fit on podcasts. And I think there's an intimidation factor. I know when I started doing on podcasts, I I don't know if you can imagine this, but I was an introvert (laughs) before I went on 300 plus podcasts. So I think there's an intimidation factor there. I think there's a time factor there where you're so focused on the sales, the marketing, the growth of your business that scheduling one other thing to do every single week is a little bit intimidating. And also the process that goes with scheduling it because you're not just snapping your fingers and having podcasts in your schedule. You're going to have to do research and reach out to hosts. And there's also an element of rejection. I get rejected every single week. You're going to get rejected from podcasts and influencers and all the stuff that you should be doing and putting yourself out there. And then there's follow-up too. There's not only following up with people, but uh, promoting the podcast that you're on, scheduling them on social media, making the blog articles, whatever it is. So I think a lot of people look at it as overwhelming. And what I like to do with any of my processes is how do I make it so my virtual assistant, my team does 90% of the work and I do that last 10% where I show up for the podcast, I record it and the before and the after get handled without me. I mean, it just sounds like the dream life. (laughs) Is what it sounds like that whole, you know, 90% of what's going on and what has to be done between your tools, your software, your systems, and your team. And you just have to do your sweet spot of 10%, which again, really for podcast guesting is, is showing up and sharing your expertise is the dream. So let's get into it. Let's have you walk us through the steps on how to wake up every day to relevant podcast guesting opportunities from your virtual assistant. Yeah. And first, I just want to touch upon why you should be going on podcasts, because I think there's a lot of people pitching Facebook ads and funnels and and all these different things. And and all of that is fantastic. But there's a lot of what I call the organic marketing playbook. A lot of what we use to scale free up, what we now are using to scale outsource school, what we teach to our members at outsource school now. And it's the combination of podcasts and partnerships and content and affiliates and influencers. And this is stuff that it takes more of that hustle and grind than it does to just money to dump into to Facebook ads. And I'm not saying don't run Facebook ads. Anything you do when it comes to ad is only going to complement what you do on the organic side. And it even makes your business more sellable because if someone comes in and Facebook could change their algorithm or something like that, and if all your business is coming from Facebook ads, that's very risky for someone buying your business. Whereas if all your stuff is evergreen and you have all these partners and backlinks and influencers promoting you, it's very hard for to chip away at that. That's a pretty solid foundation of a business. So podcasts are great for networking and connecting with people that are in your space that you should be connected with. They're great for SEO and backlinks, which I kind of talked about. They're great for getting in front of thousands of people at once. You can do one-on-one sales calls all day, but when else can you just get in front of thousands of people that's evergreen where more and more people continue to listen to it? And it's got a snowballing effect where it'll lead to bigger and better podcasts. It'll lead to guest speaking opportunities. It'll lead to summits, Facebook Live, stuff like that. So 
I always tell people, if you're not going on at least one podcast a week, you're really missing out. I used to do multiple ones every day. Since I sold my company, I limited it to one every single day, but I'm booked out till like September. It's something that I firmly believe in. Just by going on podcasts consistently that take up 20 minutes to an hour each week, over time, you're going to build up this really great foundation that's going to help your business. And I'll let you jump in if you have anything to add before I dive into the process. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. I think I've been on like 70 or 80. 300 is impressive. And I love that it can really be as simple as just one a week. And I agree with you that the snowball effect, you know, I've had tons of clients and customers literally say, I heard you on a podcast and now I want to do a VIP day with you, which is a five figure investment, or I'm, you know, going to sign up for your coaching program or whatnot, because I heard you on this podcast. And again, Facebook ads, you're having to pay for, which isn't a bad thing. And they also amplify what you do organically, which I loved that you mentioned, because I think people see it as a silver bullet when it is not. So I think that podcasting is a really fun way for you to share your expertise that can get you results, especially with the consistency and the snowball effect of getting even more and more podcasts under your belt. So I love that. So, all right, enough of the teasing. Let's get into it. <laughs> so first you need to identify what are the types of podcasts that you want to go on both from a niche side and what are the qualifications of a podcast? So for me, I, with free up, we went after Amazon sellers, people in e-commerce and marketing agencies, marketing consultants. So we tried to find all the top Amazon podcasts, all the top marketing podcasts. And then we would even try to divide them up. What are the top tier ones versus may, I don't, low tier might not be the right word, but one of the ones that are going to be easier to get on because if you've never been on a podcast before and you start pitching like Russell Brunson or something like that doesn't make a lot of sense. You've got to start somewhere. So figuring out what are the actual niches that are relevant to you and a lot of times you always hear like niche down, focus on a very specific thing. But when it comes to podcasts, there could actually be a bunch of different niches that all have some variation of your ideal client. Like with Outsource School or even with FreeUp, we'd go on coaching podcasts. We'd go on podcasts that are towards six-figure entrepreneurs. We'd go toward on agency one. So you can kind of figure that out and there'll be a little bit of trial and error. Next, you want the specifications. Do you want them to have a certain amount of reviews, a certain amount of, of downloads? I can give you my personal secret is I try to not go on any podcast that have less than a hundred episodes for the sole reason that there's a lot of times. And I learned this from my own experience where you go on someone's episode 18 and by episode 30, they decided they don't want to have a podcast anymore. And that's an hour of your time that you'll never get back. So I think that downloads and reviews can be manipulated a little bit, but it takes a lot of hustle and grit to get to past episode 100. So figure out whatever your specifications are in terms of niche and what you're looking for in a podcast. And next, you want to identify people that are going on the same types of podcasts that you are. That's really a great way to find those podcasts. You can either do it by looking it up in the iTunes uh, directory, or there's lots of different podcast directories out there, or you can find someone that's in your space. They don't have to necessarily be a competitor, but they could, and find all the podcasts that they've been on and match them up against your criteria. From there, you're going to want to hire a virtual assistant, which I could talk about for hours, but usually someone is going to be in that five to $7 an hour range for that research role. You might be able to get someone cheaper. You might find a rock star that's more, but that five to $7 an hour tends to be that sweet spot. And then you want to figure out what 
type of consistency you need. I go on a lot of podcasts, but I don't need a full-time VA doing podcasts. That's just complete overkill. They can find a lot of podcasts in an hour or two. So I like to do about an hour, two hours a day, somewhere in there. You might only need an hour to three hours a week at five bucks an hour. So we're not talking a lot of money here. We're talking five to $15 a week. If you hired a, a podcast booking agency, they would cost you $200 or $300 per episode that you got on. So that's kind of the next part is setting up that system. I'll keep going, but I'll let you jump in in case you have anything to add to the front end. Have you been dying to create a VIP day or virtual intensive offering, but are stuck in overthinking everything? You love what you do and how you support your clients, but lately it's become, well, too much. You may even be hitting your monthly revenue goals, but you're left completely exhausted. Yeah, been there, bought the t-shirt and the mug. Good news, I built my virtual VIP day bootcamp that walks you through the nine steps to create and selling a one day virtual intensive. Grab the podcast only pricing of $37 for this two hour training plus tons of bonuses to build and sell your own one day virtual intensive. Since 2016, I've completely replaced monthly retainers with one day virtual intensives and VIP weekends. So join me and stop dealing with the late night slack pings, lacking control over your own calendar, chasing invoices, explaining scope creep again, you kept my drift. Head on over to systemsamy.com slash pod bootcamp. That's P-O-D-B-O-O-T-C-A-M-P and grab the goods. All right, back to the episode. Totally. I love that you have the 100 episodes. Ram, you're making me feel like I need to up my number because it is super annoying. Whether you're doing podcasts or guest trainings or whatever you're doing, if it's for somebody who is less than 30 episodes, less than, I think I do less than 50 episodes, but now you make me want to bump it up to 100. And because again, it's your time. And so if somebody just is like, "Mm, I'm not going to do my podcast anymore, then that's an hour of your time that just went to the wayside and not that they're doing it maliciously. However, you obviously want your episode out there. So I love that you were specific about the number of episodes that podcast has to have. And then on top of that, the pricing difference between an agency that does this for you or a virtual assistant is night and day. And again, if you have your process or you just literally grab Nathan's process, which is what I've done, you can eliminate a lot of that financial upscale and do this in a way that's a lot more efficient with your time and your money. So I love that. All right. What is next? Yeah. And I'll even add that booking agencies have a time and a place. I tend to only, I'll go to them and I'll say, Hey, listen, I'm very good at getting on podcasts. I have a team of people that can, if you have actual connections with high level people who aren't go or high level podcasts that are not going to respond to my pitches, I'm down to pay for those. I'll 100% pay for those, but I want to approve those lists before you pitch them. And I'm not going to pay $200 or $300 an episode to be on a podcast that my VA can get me on. So I'll only work with booking agencies that will agree to my arrangement. And I even tell them, I'm like, hey, I'm going to be a tough customer, not because I'm mean or rude, but just because I have a team of VAs that is very good at getting me on podcasts. So if you're willing to help me get on the top tier ones and I'll pay for your relationships, fine. If you're just going to pitch them in the same way that I'm going to pitch them or get me on the same level podcast that I could get myself on, then there's really no point in moving forward. And I'm upfront there. So Moving on from there, if you've never been on podcast before, 
I recommend just getting on podcasts. Like that's the best way to learn to get better. No one cares about the podcast that I was on four years ago, which is the third podcast I ever went on. Like it's, you're going to like people at some point aren't going to, to care about that, but you probably want to be less picky. If your VA comes up with five different agency podcasts that all have a hundred episodes, or maybe like you said, 50 episodes, you don't have to necessarily follow my rule. Get on them, get practice, build that relationship with the host, work on telling your stories and not just pitching, but sharing actual value. And, and that practice is going to make you better and better over time. If you're someone that goes on podcasts now and you're listening to this and you're going to use it to optimize and get on more podcasts, then yes, become a little bit picky. And the way that I like to set it up is that I wake up every morning to a list from my VA. So I tell my VA, I don't care when you work your one hour a day, as long as it's done before 6 a.m., I'm on by seven, I'm gonna check that list. And I like to give feedback to my VA twice. One, I'll give it to them after I review the list. If there's anything that stands out, then I'll give them feedback like, hey, this podcast I've already been on, you missed it. Because I always like to have them check ones I've already been on. Or, hey, this one's not a good fit because it's a, a life coach and my audience it doesn't really listen to life coach podcasts, whatever it is. And then another round of feedback after I actually go on the podcast or after the podcast actually releases and we see what that ROI is. Because the thing about podcasts that I've learned is, you might go on really big podcasts that don't amount to anything for your business, although you still will get a good backlink usually. And I've been on smaller ones that are so niche specific that they end up being a great fit and I get tons of clients from them. And you want to act as a team with your virtual assistant where every time you're gaining new information, because you're going to learn a lot as you go through this process, you're sharing it with them and they're going to learn information too, by doing the research and, and looking up these podcasts. So you want to work together to keep coming up with better and better criteria, better and better podcasts for you to go on. And that's how you make this process better over time. And I'll let you jump in. Yep. And I think, again, a lot of people have hesitancies of having their virtual assistants put these lists together and whatever else. And I think it's a matter of, for me, it was showing them exactly how to find those podcasts that are good for me to be on. And that's a kind of a combination for me between reviewing, you know, I'll just be on Instagram for no productive reason. And I'll just be searching and all of a sudden I'll see, you know, somebody share a podcast that they were just on. And if I think it's a good fit, I have an Instagram collection and I will save that image, that collection so that when I want to have a virtual assistant create that spreadsheet, I know for, to send her to that Instagram collection. And also from that collection, also go down in the Apple podcasts, uh, rabbit hole of at the very bottom of the different podcasts, you're able to then see similar podcasts or other podcasts that these listeners also listen to. And so that allows for them to be able to do a little bit more of that digging without you having to, you know, lay out the spreadsheet and then they go and, and do all of their research. You, they can really even do the research for you. So I love that you touched on how you do the process of creating a spreadsheet and everything from there. But anything else to add on about that? Yeah. So 
it also, as you start trying to go on podcasts, podcasts are going to start popping up out of nowhere. You mentioned scrolling through on Instagram. Maybe a podcast pops up. Maybe you see a Facebook ad for a podcast. Maybe you join a newsletter and they mention their podcast. I get into the habit where whenever that happens, I take a screenshot, I, I forward the email or I send the screenshot to my VA and, and then they do the research, they check it out and they look for other podcasts like that. I also use podcasts as a networking tool. I'm a big proponent of networking. I'll use the agency space just as an example. Let's say I'm trying to grow my business in the agency space. Let's say I have some kind of software that's good for agencies. I want to get to know as many people in the agency space as possible. That's going to benefit me. And networking is a big part of what a business. So what I'll do is when I go on a podcast, I'll use the other guests on that podcast who are also in my same space and reach out to them to network and not to pitch them, not to sell them, but to get to know their business, see if I can add value and vice versa. They'll usually try to do the same thing. They, they're usually pretty nice. Entrepreneurs are, are nice. So <laughs> you can use podcasts to kind of take it a step further and not only get better known in your industry, but get to know other people in your industry, which benefits you. And the last thing that, that I'll add there is come up with a plan for before, during, and after the podcast. And we talk about this a, a lot in the formula, which I, I know you took. The before is having everything organized, making sure that your VA is sending the podcast host an email with all your links and your bio and stuff like that. So the podcast host doesn't have to waste their time asking for stuff. The during is what are the stories are you going to tell? What are the common questions you get asked on podcasts? You want to be ready for those so you can have an engaging conversation. And you want to try to improve your craft over time. If you get through a podcast and you're like, man, I rushed that or I didn't have an answer to that question, it's okay. Life will move on. You can get better at it for next time. And then the post podcast where a lot of people will just sign off right away. I usually like to talk to the host, see if I can help them in any way, have a conversation with them, network with them a little bit, ask what I can do and all that. So I think having a before, a during and an after plan for podcasts will help you take it to the next level. I love that you network with other podcast guests that would be potentially, again, either they have a podcast or that you have similar audiences and can do a different collaboration. Because again, if you're on a similar podcast to somebody else, they most likely have a somewhat congruent audience to you. And that's such a, an untapped opportunity. I mean, I know I've used a similar one for like summits. Like if I'm a part of a summit, I'll connect and collaborate with other summit speakers, but I never thought about doing it for podcasting. So that's a really good idea to, again, just leverage. And have you heard of listennotes.com? I have, I've never used it. Yeah. I know that you can look up actually. So people in your industry that are similar to you. You can actually look them up on listen notes and see all the podcasts that they've been on. And so then therefore you can, you know, pitch and outreach to those same podcasts. And so that's another way that I've had people curate spreadsheets of potential podcasts for me, because again, if most likely if they are open to one systems person, they're open to us all. And so I'm able to leverage that as well. And it really is beginning with the end in mind of, okay, you know, for these podcasts, are you wanting them to sign up for your programs or get a freebie that then goes down a sales funnel or whatever the case may be, that is definitely a better path than just coming on podcasts to just like talk. Um, you still definitely want to be strategic with every opportunity that you have for sure. Anything else or that's really the end cap? Yeah, one more thing. So I personally like to be the one that pitches the host. Uh, some people have their VAs do it. That, there's nothing necessarily wrong with it, but it doesn't take me very long to send a mail merge or to shoot an email off to someone. 
And there's certain podcasts where you can get creative on how you reach out to them. I'll reach out to some on Facebook. I'll tweet at some of them saying, hey, what's the best way to, to connect with you? Or, hey, can I apply to be on your show? You can contact them on LinkedIn. You can shoot them Instagram messages. And there's a certain element of follow-up too. I've had podcasts that took me years to get on. And because every six months, I didn't get frustrated or mean or aggressive or angry. I just shot them a message. Sometimes I even change social media channels or I'd send an email once and then on Instagram the next time and say, hey, just want to follow up. Hope all is well. I really think I'd be a, a good fit. Here's what, what I'm thinking or something like that. And I've had posts tell me from the beginning that, hey, when you first reach out, I thought no chance I'm ever letting you on for XYZ reason. But because you, even though I rejected you, you showed me that you continually reached out and you didn't do it in a pushy, mean or aggressive or frustrated way. Eventually I decided to have you on. So don't give up just because you get rejected. It's part of the game. You have to look at it from the podcast side too. And I'm sure this happens to you all the time, Jordan. You get bombarded with pitches with people all over the place, people who have never even listened to your podcast before. And so it sometimes is difficult to pick out the good guests from the not so good guests, but the follow-up can be key there and it'll help you get on more and more shows. Yep. Oh, totally. And yeah, I'm very similar. I like to pitch myself as well because again, it's better to leverage relationships. If I know somebody that knows them, I'll, you know, I'll use that as leverage or again, you can get a little bit more creative with it. And a lot of times, again, as a podcast host who over 200 episodes, I can pretty much tell if you like really care (laughs) or not, which sounds, I don't know, maybe blunt, but I think the more that you understand, again, you don't really have to listen to an episode of this podcast to know what we're about. But if you're pitching me to tell your life story, clearly you don't care who I am or what I'm about because we don't do that here really. That's not necessarily the realm that we play in. And so sometimes that stuff can get lost in translation if you have other people pitching for you. But yeah, I agree with you that I have a very similar stance on that. So, but let's talk about some tools that you use in your business to, again, work with your virtual assistants on podcast pitching and getting the research through or how you organize all of your outreach, all the juicy stuff. Yeah. So we use Google Docs for the actual, um, like keeping track of everything in Excel. We use our own software, Simply SOP to create our SOPs for podcast pitching, which we'll tweak over time and give our VAs access to. We use a really cheap tool. I think it's 20 bucks a year called Yet Another Mail Merge, which allows you to set out, send out emails in bulk, which we'll use to uh, pitch podcast hosts. And then just to communicate with the virtual assistant, we use Slack, we use email. We don't use Trello for this particular task, but we use Trello for a lot of other stuff. So we keep it pretty simple, pretty cheap in order to to run most of our business with virtual assistants. I love that. Yeah. Simplicity is what we're about. I'm allergic to complicated. So I love how simple all the tools are that you use. And again, I am inside your Outsource School Insiders and have been able to use and not use and perfect your SOPs for this particular process, as well as several other processes, including Slack management, including inbox management. There's like so many different things in there for people to play around with. And so I want to share with listeners that Nathan is giving us a 14 day free trial. If you're interested in really diving into 
what Nathan is all about, if you've totally been jamming this entire episode, which most likely you are because I know you, then you will want to have this 14-day free trial. So Nathan, tell us a little bit about what they can expect inside of Outsource School Insiders and with the 14-day trial. Yeah. So the 14 day trial, we try to give you a sneak peek on what it's like to be an outsource school insider. We give you different videos, different cheat sheets from our cracking the VA code system, which is our exact process for interviewing, onboarding, training, and managing. We give you part of the podcast outreach formula and a few other different playbooks and formulas there too. You can try out our software, simply SOP, see how it fits into your business and, and our team's there to help you and support you uh, however we can. If you want to set up a phone call with us, we're there. So this is a, a new thing we're trying out and so far the response has been great and go to outsourceschool.com and click on a free trial right there at the top awesome all right and where else can people find you so social media also you just shared the website but where can people come to just say hey and thanks and one of the nuggets that they've been able to take away from the episode yeah so i'm really easy to contact online nathan hirsch on facebook or linkedin Real Nate Hirsch on Instagram or Twitter. Shoot me a message. I love networking with other entrepreneurs. And if I can help you in any way, just reach out. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much again, Nathan, for coming on. People, I mean, there's so many nuggets to take in here. And if you want all of the nuggets, like literally step-by-step in the most detailed fashion ever, you will want to be inside Outsource School Insiders because it is like a playground for all of us systems people. So thank you so much again, Nathan, for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the System Saved Me podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or send a screenshot on Instagram while tagging us at System Saved Me.